0: Welcome to another episode of WA Exposé, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nunga Butja. Today's guest started out in the world of engineering before moving into digital marketing. Discovering that there wasn't a clear pathway to success, she decided to branch out looking at the raw stories behind successful brands, big and small, and delivering them directly to you with the foundation of the Perth Business Podcast. The Perth Business Podcast is all about getting to know the stories behind some of Perth's best businesses, creatives, and changemakers. Most importantly, it's designed to share relatable challenges that entrepreneurs faced in order for up-and-coming professionals to use that experience to apply their knowledge for better. Today's episode, of course, is not only an insight into the art of business, but a crossover episode with another local podcast. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with Taryn. How are you? Hello. I'm good. All the better for being here. Oh my God. That's Mm -hmm. like the best thing to say, but I'm like... (laughs) I don't know. It just literally took 15 minutes for me to record that intro. I, <laughs> BTS, a little behind the scenes for everyone. We're not behind perfect. behind the scenes, but also this moment of just being like, I ask you, like we totally come up with this great idea to do yep. this crossover episode. <laughs> I'm so professional. Let me show you how good my show is. And then it's just like trash right from the... Oh, I'm
1: impressed. <laughs> you know what I do with my podcast intros? Mm-hmm. Because I cannot rely on myself to do that. Um, I actually record intros separately by myself. So like yes. I'll interview like 10 people and then I'll have a session an hour where I'll just like have all my intros written Um, because the nature of the podcast I'm sure we'll go into it but Mm. like is very candid yeah so I actually don't know what we're going to talk about 100% and so that's why I do my intros afterwards.
0: Mm. Oh, that's really yeah. clever. Yeah. yeah. See, I just like steal bios normally from Instagram or if it's, you know, like one of us where I go, like, can you just send me your bio? Because, like, I can't be bothered doing Googling. Oh, Most yeah. of the time I just, like, search people up, yeah, yeah. find a bunch of facts about them and then get told on the spot that what I've said is incorrect. I'm like, oh, <laughs> if it's your bio, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it from, from your website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've just changed the fluffy words around it. How can it be wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think totally. I had somebody across me who was like, Oh, I don't do a nine to five anymore. I do an eight to four. And I was like, oh, well, fuck me it's then. The I guess. Same, it's the same concept as well. I guess well. I'm like, done. I guess like, I don't know, cancel me and yeah. throw me out the window. It's all inaccurate. Podcast reports inaccurate data. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Shockingly, people who put things on the internet for free aren't always correct. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. But let's like get into some form of what this is supposed to be. Tell me yes. absolutely everything about the Perth Business Podcast, but okay. also why does it exist? Okay.
1: Um I will start with how it came to exist um because I think I've touched on this story but I kind of get more succinct and sort of see the value in how it began more and more like the more times I tell it. Yep. So I worked in so I did it in a year of engineering you're right um and I, I absolutely love the challenge absolutely like love my physics. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to like weird things but I don't have the patience to get down in the nitty-gritty technical side of things oh
0: interesting okay
1: yeah so like I loved playing the computer games but couldn't build the computer if that makes sense (laughs) so (laughs) like I have the interest and I'm super interested I just don't want to do it because I'm impatient Mm. um so I started engineering and quickly realized that is not the role that I need to be seeking out in my future career um which was really hard actually because I really liked the people and I just yeah couldn't see myself doing that so I was like I'm gonna go find myself in Europe (laughs) and proceeded to lose three months of my life um in a positive way I think you know Oh, okay not in like a blackout way no 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 yeah lost myself in a good way um Came back and then I was super broke and living with family and they came um, to Perth and they were like, do you want to come with us? And I was like, yes, I've got nowhere else to live, so I will tag <laughs> along. Thank you, family. Um, when I was a teenager. So started my life in Perth, so I'm not even from Perth. Like, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, that means that this whole the whole premise of my podcast is, sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to leave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it's funny because a lot of people tell me like they wouldn't, sort of guess that I wasn't from Perth um and it's weird because I feel like Perth is home because I've lived in Victoria and mm. Queensland and I much prefer WA for some reason it's really strange um not so strange for people who know why they love Perth <laughs> i think it's like the expanses and the opportunities like the people here are also mm. very chill um which i love Uh, For someone who's a go go go, in case you hadn't realized, (laughs) I'm like a fast speaker, and my brain goes like way faster than I. You mean
0: the person who was too impatient to build the computer (laughs) is is a go 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 kind Mm, of gal? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) shocker. Um, So I kind of was like starting again in Perth, which was really cool um, because. I had the existential crisis moment where I was like, oh, my God, I'm growing up so fast." I was like 20. (laughs) I'm growing up so fast. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So old, yeah. Yeah, it's hard I have to decide, like, tomorrow what I'm going to do. Proceeded to take the next five years to figure out what I wanted to do. Good. um, Through going – doing a commerce degree, majoring in public relations and then realising, you know, I didn't really want to work in that space either, um, doing practical experience with some small businesses. And that was where I kind of got my interest in that area. So I worked with CEOs for gender equity and I was like, oh, am I passionate about gender equity or did I just really like working in a small team? Ooh. Let me work in another small team and see if I like that. And I worked in two other small teams before I realized like, no, that's not the vibe for me working in the position that I was in, which was like a marketing coordinator. I was like, it's too much pressure. It was not really something I was super interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can do something, but you're not like invested in it or motivated by it. Yeah, you're just sort of like ticking the box. It's like how most teenagers get through Mm. high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just complete the assignment. Mm. And I actually got told once by a mentor who was like, it's kind of like you get through a to-do list just to get it done. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a lot of passion somewhere. <laughs>
0: just not here. Yeah, I'm just not sure where to apply it. <laughs> so also what sort of advice is that? <sighs> oh. It looks like you just get through a to-do list just to get it done. Yeah, that's how I clean my house. That's <laughs> how the house gets cleaned. So it's like yeah. I need to do the bathroom, I need to do the toilet, I need to do yeah. the kitchen. I don't go, I'm really passionate about the toilet today. Right, right. <laughs> I've got really big feelings about it. No, I'm just ticking a box. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And who's finding their passion at age 21? Like, are you kidding me? Like, if if my boss is like, you just don't seem that passionate. You're like, yeah, because I'm figuring out how to use social media and write your stupid posts. Like, I don't. Yeah. I do, don't uh, know what you want me to be passionate I'm about. I'm sorry, but you
0: sell weird smelling bars of soap. and yeah. I'm sorry that that's not my jam. Yeah.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't get
0: passionate about fungus. Um, <laughs> Wait, did they sell fungus? No, no, no,
1: no. I mostly started in marketing agencies actually. So cool. um, I like to say I'm a bit scarred by them now. Uh, there were good times. Um, loved my venting and that sort of thing. And I think that followed me through to what I do now with the podcast. So mm. I currently work in a Corporate role to sort of have a secure salary. Um, But before this corporate role that I'm in now, um, still in marketing. I was at a digital agency and there was an opportunity for us to sort of come up with a podcast or something to do with educating people. Um, So it actually started with workshops and I was running, I went and attended a few workshops and ran those myself and people, small business owners were getting a lot of value out of it. So it's just basic stuff like, should I set up a Facebook page? Why should I do that? Why Facebook and not Instagram? Mm. You know, and people were just at that level of knowledge where they're running a business, but they're not the marketing team. So I was like, hmm, there's a huge gap here because- Perth has a lot of business, uh, sorry, a lot of resources, business resources mm-hmm. from the government level, but it is not very specialised or personalised to individual particular businesses. Yeah, And we saw out of COVID this massive jump um, or surge of small businesses starting in Perth. Mm. Um, it was kind of like make or break for a lot of businesses, <laughs> but it was a great opportunity for creative people to be like, well, now's the time for me yeah. to invest literal my time my actual time into Mm. this project Um, a lot of people are quite passionate out there like they spend the first half of their lives or the first third of their lives being like I don't actually like want to do this I don't want to work in a corporate role yeah I want to do something more meaningful but I know I can't save the world tomorrow. If that makes sense, like
0: completely, yeah. And I think that that's like kind of ruts up against this like thing where mm. we're all told at like fifteen years old, mm. "Hi, pick your career." Yeah, what do you want to be? That forever. Um, and at fifteen, I think I knew about like four jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think that there was like policeman, fireman, doctor, lawyer. Uh
1: huh.
0: Uh, and that's sort of it. <laughs> yeah. <maybe laughs> totally. teacher was thrown in there too. That's like all of the jobs that I thought existed in the world. And it's like, pick one of those four. (laughs) Totally. And I think like
1: you stick with that because you say something like, like I used to say, I want to be a lawyer or a journalist Mm. and people were like they didn't ever ask you why they were just like that's a great job it pays well (laughs) (laughs) lean more towards law actually it pays better um (laughs) and when you have a family you know as a woman when you have a family that's going to be really beneficial to have this pay packet and they don't tell you that you know the the rate of women dropping out of the workplace after having a baby is X percent and the pay gap Mm. is X percent and blah, blah, blah. They don't, (laughs) they don't question it. Right.
0: Chances of being able to come back and being taken seriously after three years off is yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: completely. So I diverged a little bit, but I think I saw, I got a bit passionate about the business sector because I saw how many individuals with their whole personal stories and lives that were being impacted by how they could do business in Perth. Mm. Um and there's a lot of this mentality of like you have to be successful or you're not doing it right. And I think the difference between east coast and west coast is that in WA people once you dig below the surface, they actually are a little bit more humble and they're a bit more like mm. I do need help. Like I don't know, I didn't write a business plan, but I'm successful in this way. Can I help someone do the, what I've done?
0: Yeah you know, without having to
1: jump through all the hoops.
0: Yeah, completely. And we also like have got this really strange way of defining success at the moment Mm. where like it it needs to be like, well, success is measured in dollars Mm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas there's so many other ways to measure success to community, success to your family, success to yourself, Yeah. success on a whole bunch of different levels. But at the moment we're still like, no, success equals this many dollar signs.
1: Yeah. And I have a huge problem with that because like, especially awards like the 40 under 40, Business News do a lot. of awards that are or acknowledge a lot of individuals that are either single um or you know family white men and they are the accolades are purely not academic um professional yeah Yeah. Um, but when it comes to women the accolades are she did this while having a family oh my god congrats you know like like, well done lady and it's like yes that is really (laughs) like that is impressive but that's not her only achievement yeah do you know like Yes, she has a family and she's, you know, if she's got a support, support a partner, that's great. If she doesn't, that's, you know, that's, that's a separate issue mm. to like how she's risen in the ranks or started her own, you know, achievement, started her own endeavours and that sort of thing and actually been successful in her own right.
0: Yeah, and the fact that like when we award – Men, these prizes we Mm. don't go oh and they've got two kids also like really speaks to the fact that we don't actually consider like fathering to be a job that's really important yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah right it's just like oh well obviously someone else was looking after the kids well well, how
0: would how else would you be so successful Mm. unless you unless you you know you fully just like kicked your kids out the window and dedicated yourself to the business yeah
1: completely (laughs) whereas with women it's like oh who's babysitting the kids tonight who's looking after the children. You're yeah. like,
0: oh, what? Like, how, how are you allowed to be out this yeah. late? Is that, yeah. is that okay? You need to dash off. Here? Yeah. It's crazy. Have you expressed today? <laughs> yes. We just talked really openly yeah. about that because it's fine because um, you're a woman and yeah. not going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm being inclusive by mentioning your breasts, um, you know, in but a conversation. A, in a
0: non-pervy way. Cause I want to know, I want to make yeah. sure that your kids are okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's-
1: I'm concerned <laughs> for you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, so that's also, I guess, pairing the gap of business resources um, with the attitude towards business owners, um, whether or not, you know, it's not just on gender as well. It's um, We have a lot of, we have one of the most diverse cultures in Perth mm. in Australia. Like we are more diverse than other cities and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that statistic the other day um, and I was blown away because like, I don't know, I just feel like we still see a lot of the same coloured and gendered and, you know, the same sort of people at the top. And I I feel like it's going to change because there is no way that WA can progress in the way that it is without having everyone have a say, Mm. if that makes sense.
0: Oh, totally. And, I mean, I often refer to, like, uh, what happened in the arts specifically in COVID as, like, a pressure cooker Mm. where we very much had to, like, we were very, very forced, especially in queer arts, to Mm. re-examine, what we were doing right and what we were doing wrong and like decide on whether or not we were going to actually take steps to change that or if we're just going to be like oh no that's fine and as a result fall off the wayside I think it's definitely got to happen in the wider spectrum of businesses too
1: yeah yeah totally so doing the big loop back to why I started the podcast is that what I
0: asked you oh my god okay yeah Yeah, we're back Um,
1: (laughs) um I suppose yeah this started off of me just trialing and erroring what I thought I wanted to do in my career, like, selfishly, I guess, Mm. like, what I wanted to get out of a career. Um, And the way that the the podcast actually started was because I had this network of businesses that, um, given the position that I had at these agencies, I had access to, like, the owners um, and the marketers of businesses Mm. in Perth. um, And a lot of them are very personal relationship, like, we would sweat, cry, do all this to, like, get an event (laughs) off the ground for them, you know, so you, you reach a level of professionalism where you're like... We did it. At the end of the day, the sense of like, oh my god, we did it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. connection. Um, and the podcast began with um, two older parts. So you hear the first episodes that I do um, was was with two um, other people. So mm-hmm. I started with it was my ex ex partner at the time, and then his friend and our like mutual colleague. Yeah. Um. And then the colleague dropped off, and then my ex and I broke up. And, um, I was like, oh, I really don't want to let the podcast go. Yes. I was like, I'm really upset about the
0: podcast. <laughs> can it's I, like, can I keep it? <laughs> splitting up pets and you're like, I just like to keep the audio files. Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can maybe have them on Sundays, but like I want them the <laughs> rest of the time. Totally. Um, and luckily they were like, yeah, cool. You did it better. Like it's all yours. So, um, I took my little baby away, had a little period of mourning for what the podcast was and then a period of discovery of what it could be Mm. Um, and I I guess I shouldn't miss out the important bit of my support network in that time because I didn't want to give it up and I knew I didn't want to but I also was like what kind of value can I bring with just chatting to people
0: Oh yeah, you know, like mm-hmm.
1: what's the value in that? I don't follow a structure per se, but there is like a, a sort of takeaway that is there that always comes from the conversations, mm. and that is, what was the hardest thing you dealt with, or the, a series of hard things that you dealt with, and how would you, how did you get through it personally, and how would you advise someone else to get through something similar? Um, so that's how the podcast morphed, and I would say that was like August last year that it started morphing into something that I felt could grow Mm. and actually benefit people as opposed to just telling stories from our local business owners
0: yeah it really has changed um in those like yeah few months really yeah yeah. massively well honestly it's been a year now and I'm like oh no when you said (laughs) August last year I was like yeah a few short months ago (laughs) literally a whole year ago Oh, that's that it feels I like three that. months
1: ago. I like, hate that.
0: I hate that. <laughs>
1: that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is shocking.
0: Yeah. How are you finding the new year? And you're like, no, mm. no, no. You mean the next one? Don't know. Yeah. Well, January was great. The rest was a blur. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the way that it's like changed and developed throughout, like what the last year or so. Mm. Um, what are you like finding work set in like particularly for the Perth Business Podcast? Like why do so many people love it so much, including me? I'm a big fan. Oh,
1: thank <laughs> you. Um, it actually is super like imposter syndrome-y of me to hear people say, I really like this or you're getting better at interviewing. And I'm like, oh, you're just saying that to support me. But then <laughs> like if they say something critical, I'm like, oh, so you actually did mean the good thing because like you can see the gaps where I can kind of grow into and make it better.
0: So I have to criticize you. In order to criticize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's definitely like an imposter syndrome thing. But the biggest thing that changed for me was my confidence. Mm. Um, it was really easy for me to talk to people on a surface level because you come out of uni as a female in marketing at age like 20, 21, 22. Mm. You're chatting to CEOs of businesses and, they're, and you're convincing their teams to go with your little agency to help them generate leads and make big money. Right. So yeah. you have to put your big girl shoes on. You have to wear like the blazers and come across very professional and <laughs> yes. speak older than you are in, mm, in some sense, yeah. um, not well, always, but well, yeah. I was to be
0: like, I think you should get a TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here are the seven PowerPoint slides explaining why you should start dancing on film. <laughs> um, so that actually was a lot of my role in agency. <laughs> But to answer your question, um, I guess, yeah, aside from confidence, it was my curiosity for finding out why people start businesses and continue living in the business land. On one end of the spectrum, there's a lot of people who have businesses that kind of have the attitude and the mentality of like, you know, parents that have kids and they're smiling and like enjoying taking the kids to parties. Mm. And on the side, they're like, but don't ever do it. It fucking ruins your life. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) Like are you joking? Is this a joke? Um, and they're Best like, yeah, but I no. Best thing I ever
0: did, but don't do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Best thing I ever did, but yeah, literally. And my <laughs> advice would be to not. Um, If right. I could go back in time, um, and that's obviously not all parents, but <laughs> that is some similarities that I see with some business owners who are like, they're completely wrecked by running the business um, that they have. And for them, it's more about like, they don't want to fail and it's not about learning. Mm. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, you have a lot of people who are like, um... The complete opposite. Yes. Right? So they're like, I absolutely lo- love my business um, and success to me is the more that I learn, the better I get at running a business mm. and having employees. And
0: but it's now my entire personality and I don't exist outside of this completely. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, completely. So I guess my goal is to find what makes the perfect middle ground. Um, and I think I've learned a lot from that is... Collaboration. So, business owners who try and do it all themselves, one way or another, will find they they fit into the 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 extreme ends of the spectrum, Mm, right? So, they completely dedicate themselves to this business. They are the right way and the highway, or the high. You know, like there is (laughs) no,
0: there's nothing alternative.
1: Yeah. And the other one is like, I'm completely wrecked, but I'm a business owner, so like I deserve to be. Like wrecked, you know? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the business owners that have that middle ground um, have the passion and the curiosity to go out there almost like children and be like, oh my God, what can I learn? What can I add value for my clients, or my customers, or to my product that is actually going to excite people mm. and solve a problem? Because inherently, business owners are problem solvers, right? That's one side of it um, the collaboration, but also a sense of community mm. and like the resources that you can garner from a community. I don't think you can start a business from just anywhere. I think it does depend on what your business is, who you have around you and the resources you have access to. Um, So we were talking about the spectrums before and the people who are like, just outsource everything you can't do. And that's like great. And, you know, there's a lot of unrelatable things packed into that one sentence like yeah. oh, you didn't mention how much it's going to cost me you didn't <laughs> mention how much it's going to mentally take to manage this person who might have a language barrier or a time barrier mm. you know if they're living elsewhere there is a lot that it is packed into that question of like what makes you what is success to you and what are the biggest challenges that you face but that's yeah I guess the point of the episodes that we run through with our guests on the podcast and I think it's really really hard to pack their stories into one hour because it's like (laughs) once you get going you get going
0: yeah it becomes really unfair you're like this is unfair but (laughs) yeah tell me anyway do it anyway (laughs) yeah Um, I actually think that's the perfect place for us to take a quick little break and then I want to do the thing that I know everybody wants to know which is how does this relate to the arts yes by incredible taryn from the perth business podcast and before we went to break i mentioned that we wanted to get straight into the connection between business and the arts because we so often separate them into different categories um but i think it's really important for artists whether they are digital visual or on the stage to be really like recognize the fact that you are a business and you are an entity and this is an important thing so like you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am looking
1: a little pluggy here, but I am looking to speak to more creatives in Perth. And I, when I say creative, a lot of people in the professional realm sometimes cringe because even if mm. they are a content creator or a photographer or a videographer, they're like, don't call me a creative. Like <laughs> for some reason, it's got this little, you know, connotation now that If you're a creative, you might be falling into the arts realm and it's like, I don't want to credit myself to that because I don't paint or I don't, you know, I'm not creative in that sense. I'm creative.
0: That's really interesting because like straight away, I'm like, (laughs) I'm offended for the entire community. Like (laughs) like over here in the corner, be like, and why wouldn't you want to be jumbled in with us? We're great. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) absolutely.
1: (laughs) No, I don't. I think it's less about like not wanting to be jumbled in with that group. And I don't like the word jumbled because it's like being a part of a community, you're not jumbled in, you have your own little space and you create a lot of value. Um, I think it's more about the, like there is a difference. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm like, cool, tell me, tell me what the difference is. So on my podcast, I've spoken to a muralist, I've spoken to content creators. So people on TikTok, literally helping businesses grow strategies, mm. um, on that platform to reach wider audiences. Um, But I think what it's come down to, and this is my learning, and I hope people that I've interviewed who listen to this um, are not like, bam, bam, that's wrong. (laughs) But I think what it comes down to is um, how you solve a problem. So, how I mentioned before that we, as well, business owners are problem solvers inherently, Mm -hmm. and that's what they do. Um, But the creative element comes into how you solve that problem. So, I think relating to the arts and the creative realm in Perth, which is significant. <laughs> and I myself only really learned how deep it goes when I discovered your podcast. Aw, <laughs> you know, you go to like a burlesque show and you're like, oh my God, that's wicked. And then you hear the burlesque, you know, the individual speaking to their craft. Yeah. And you're it's like, intense. damn, <laughs> this is a huge community. Yeah. Like, Massive,
0: Yeah, and I thought you got your tits out, but there's so much more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot more than just entertaining people at Fringe mm. once a year.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Where do these people go for the rest <laughs> of the year just and what are they doing? Crawl under the rocks. Shocking. <laughs> They're still performing and they still exist. Yes, yeah. totally. February is not where they b- are birthed and then yes. die immediately at the end of the month. Shocking News to me. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> at the end um. of the month, we gather our, all of the Fringe performers. So we just quickly shoot him in the head really quickly not very painful it's fine um we then we just get a new crop yeah. for the next you thing. never see the same one twice never, never
1: never yeah okay now I know the secret yeah. that's going to be controversial when this airs <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I suppose as a creative and I'd love to learn a bit from you as well in this sense but I think there might be a, uh, like a different sort of understanding between business owner and creative in the sense that can you be both right mm. and that is the question that i pose sort of subliminally on the podcast because you start the conversation with a business owner by saying like where did you get started where did your entrepreneurial spirit come from <laughs> you know yeah. give me all the juicy details the origin story um And the origin story always sort of stems from something really creative. So Mm. a really good um, example is um, the whippersnapper guys. So they make whiskey. Um, You have to be a bit creative to make whiskey because... Yeah, in
0: Australia, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Because... First of all, you've got America to contend with in terms of what already exists. You then have like the boutique or bespoke sort of brands coming out of Japan, Um, uh, you know, Ireland's got all those sort of different famous for whiskey places. Yeah, and
0: I mean in the alcohol space, Australia's never taken seriously. Hundred percent. That's why um we're even the wine world especially, we're just called like new new yeah. world wine over yes. there. Not the real stuff, just the new things. Yes. Yeah. And I'd
1: love to do a road trip to Margaret River and interview everyone there. So like Ellis Merchants and all those guys. Yes. And be like, how do you feel about being a winemaker in Australia? <laughs> um so for whippersnapper guys in particular, he was kind of humbly saying like oh we just really enjoyed the taste of you know wheat whiskey and that sort of thing and how we started with experimenting with rye and that sort of the the juice brothers who are Mm. now um funk cider (laughs) um I was like don't get this wrong um (laughs) cider funk or something silly they all started with, like, we have access to these resources on this land, um, which they are super grateful for. And has been it's been part of, like, their family for generations. Um, and they happen to be the first line of generation that is doing something different with it in mm. producing it into a commercialised product. Um, and the creativity in that comes with... You're a whiskey maker or a juice maker. You're not a marketer. You're not a designer to make the label your own yep. labels. You're a consumer in a sense because you love, you know, the product that you've tried, or you love the product that you make. Um, but the creativity comes in the experimentation that they go through and I think every business goes through with every product if you're making products or you're delivering services there is a test try before you buy sort of element when you're developing anything
0: yeah for sure
1: so I think you know it's not just about creating pretty labels and that's not the creative part of you know creating whiskey for example
0: (laughs) no (laughs) it's
1: like how can you get really funky with the tastes and make it stand out to a consumerism group that is very familiar with the product you know it's not like they discovered whiskey (laughs) yeah they just took it to the next level and that's the creativity that they had to discover on that journey makes them part of not the art specifically that's just a whiskey example um leaning more into the art side of things and who I've interviewed in that space. Our content creators and muralists, that's the sort of space that I've delved into so far. I'd love to speak to more, obviously. But there is a huge sense of, like, loneliness at the beginning of discovering what they want to do and then excitement that no one else is doing it like them because they're their only individual. That is, like, giving it a go in their own individual space. So I think I heard a really cool quote from someone who was – Uh, it's like, he was actually quite a young kid. Um, and he said, and I'm going to butcher it for sure, (laughs) but he said, um, like something like, why not give it a go? No one else is doing it. And I was like, yeah, like what, flying to the moon or something like that's something you could apply that to. And he was like, no, no, like literally anything. So if you want to start a podcast, um, and you know, or even get on TikTok." you're going to be able to apply an individual element to that that mm. no one else can do and no one else can harness because that's literally your personality. Yeah. It is your craft. It's your creativity. Um, if you have two people making candles, they're going to be different, right? Because yes. you're different people. Yeah. Um, the only way they'd be the same is if you're carbon copying what they're doing to learn how to do the process. <laughs> yeah. And then you wouldn't be able to sell that anyway because they'd be more <laughs> no, successful than no, you, you right? <laughs> so for creatives, I think it comes down to – being able to harness your individual power, um, and then how you contribute to the community. So, hearing people talk, like the muralist Jordan Rush, mm. she does murals across um, WA, and she was like a super humble individual to speak to. But you could really hear where the learnings came from, like not belonging as a kid, not feeling like they, you know, wanted to do school or have a career that was um, academic they were like, why is my brain white this way? Mm. Why am I artistic? And everyone's like, yeah, that's really cool that you have that quirky little talent, but like do school, please, do maths. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And how they've kind of grown from then and been a really successful muralist that has a proper business plan now to grow the business, grow the scale of murals that they can create and to partner with different people in the community to be able to inject their own unique creativity into the space around us
0: wow that's so extensive and I think like way at the beginning of that you were mentioning the the question of like can you be Mm. the creative and the business person which I think for like a lot of people especially performing artists it's like well that's the only option yeah (laughs) the only option for them is to like do all of the paperwork and also be the performer but we also spend so much time honing our craft side of it being like, okay, well, the on-stage bit, and I've got to practice, and I've got to get my tap shoes or whatever, whatever yeah. it is that the other side of it, that like really important admin, the language that's associated to that, really gets lost in the yeah. wash. And a lot of our institutions that we go to and train out and give a lot of clout to don't really teach us that side of things. Yeah. And so when we try and be seen as like more serious later mm-hmm. on, it's like, oh, you don't have the structures, the business plan, the layout, the language to be. At this level. Yeah. Even though your talent is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you would experience that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting hearing from artists who start a business. They kind of say, and I, I love this, um, when you ask them, like, how did you how did you start, like, making money off of what you do? They're like, oh, I just started charging people. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that is not, that's actually, like, that. you have packed such a huge concept into a tiny little brush away sentence because- you didn't just start charging people you had to do the research on what people would pay and what mm. people are charging in your industry
0: yeah and in so many different art forms it's you've got to jump through a bunch of hoops before somebody goes oh wait you're charging me mm. and the, and then changes that to oh, of course you're charging me so how much is that mm. like it, it's a very different conversation that you have with your your clientele too yeah. because in the especially in the arts it's very much like oh but you just love it right yeah. like you just have such a good time up there yeah. so you come and do it again and it's, it's nothing for you so good at it yeah such a good little singer be, condescending. Fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. and you've got to switch like their mentality to like oh no I understand that you're a professional I mm. understand that these are your standards and I get that this is your rate and I will like accept it and pay it within a reasonable time frame. Yeah, Like you would with any other business you come across. Totally. And that's
1: a confidence thing as well. So Mm. I actually would love to understand from your point of view, how the confidence to perform on stage translates into owning a business and being able to ask for money for your services or to organize displaying your services like on a show, in a show or a part of something
0: like Fringe or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, okay. So, like, for, because it's all like trapped in one little body Mm. (laughs) without getting too much like art wanker speak. (laughs) Um, I'm here for it. (laughs) But, like, when obviously I'm on stage, I don't give off the same energy that I give like in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, Aria Scarlett is like a very particular person. Um, she walks a set way, she talks a different way. And when I decide to put that hat on and she's in like performer mode, um, I'm probably unbearable to most people <laughs> because she's only supposed to be on stage. You shouldn't yeah. interact with her outside of that space because um, she commands the space that she's in, because you have to on stage. Yes. Like, that's the whole point of you being there, especially with the work I do. You're often like a soloist, which is like a very small body on a very large space. Mm-hmm. Spage? Stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you if you don't command that space, um, you'll just be swallowed up by the scenery yeah. really, really easily. Uh, I think what for me at least, and I'm like, this is a plug for your podcast. <laughs> I will get way more into it when yep. we get onto your episodes. You'll have yep. to jump over to the Perth Business Podcast to hear more about it. Yep. Um, But I had to take elements of her and like put it into my regular human form mm. and like go, <laughs> okay, well, she needs some of this energy, some of this confidence To be able to approach people in the first place and to be able to like demand the respect that the person on stage is owed. The person off stage is also owed that respect and that energy just as much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a really weird balancing act.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I find it's interesting speaking to business owners on my potty is that it's really cute when they come across humble, but then you see like, and I I say cute in the way of like, you know, that's really sweet (laughs) that you want to not be a bitch in a meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, the confidence doesn't have to mean fake it till you make it, like horrendous sort of attitude. Like you pay oh, me, totally, but yeah. It, it can be like the less salesy, the less aggressive, the more genuine mm. and authentic you are. The more confidence sort of matters less, and the fact it comes down to the facts and like what you're owed, what your what your what your like creative endeavor is actually deserving of and what the value of it totally is. and we have yeah. like
0: we we mention it all the time um like tall poppy syndrome yes that we just sort of like want to cut ourselves down because we don't want to outgrow we don't yeah. want to be above anybody else who am i yeah. yeah oh i'm not allowed to be in this space and when like when you're an artist you go like am i allowed to ask for anything in return because oh gosh aren't I lucky to do what I love yeah isn't it just such a privilege for me when it's like okay is it a privilege for me to spend like x amount of hours like singing or learning a language or x amount of dollars at a university for fees or like all of these different stuff is that really this great privilege to just be oh I just do what I love yeah and I float around the world doing what I love and isn't that just nice don't have a nice time but you have to be able to like translate that into being like yeah, yeah, it is really nice. But you're getting a very, very high quality product out of me. Yeah. And that's what this looks like. And that's yeah. like, especially, I mean, for women and non-binary people, I'm sure it must be really difficult because you're either the pushover or you're the bitch. Yeah. And there is no in-between. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unless you're in the right audience. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to like find those audiences, of course. Um, mm. So yeah, you've got to spend a bit of time Crafting mm. the other side of it, and a bit of love and attention, just like you do the costume, or just like you do yeah. your on-stage person. The business side of it definitely needs some crafting in yeah. that too. And yeah, I'm gonna plug your podcast again. If you want to <laughs> hear more about that, same week, same you know, same episodes, like slide over onto the Perth Business Podcast because right now we're gonna have a more extensive chat about all of that. Yes, I'm very excited. Thank you so much for joining me, Tara. Yeah, I'm really for having excited me. to switch over. Yay! Thank you so much. WA Exposé is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld, and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Exposé.
1: We'll probably cover that on my podcast, actually. So. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we start. What do you drink? Tell us all
0: about your bowel movements. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's going to be, have you ever heard the bloopers that happen at the end of my show? Yeah. Just FYI, your bowel movement, that's yours. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's yours. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50